I am Tom Holland, and this is Fitness Disruptive 2.0. Oh, time for another great study. And it's not directly connected, directly connected in quotation marks to exercise, but it is. And I'll make the connection. And if we talk about yoga, even more connected and, and more relevant, but but it's connected. And it doesn't really matter. This show is about living our best lives, about being as healthy as possible. And a huge part of that is the cognitive. Huge part. Motivation. Behavioral change. Being happy. Controlling what we can. As I say at the end of every podcast, how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. We'll talk about attitude. A little bit here it's connected to the main topic but all three are connected how much we move what we put into our mouths and our state of mind are all connected but that's not what we read about everyone's always trying to pull the three apart and make it all about one and not the other and i love <laughs> the title i came up with if i do say so myself and i will for this podcast medicate or meditate versus medicate And so this is a new study on the benefits of mindfulness. And I'll tell you what that is in a second, at least what they, um, I'll tell you what it is specifically for this study. Uh, But there's so many different ways of, of meditation, of, yes, doing things like yoga. And that's what yoga is supposed to be, really. First and foremost, of course, there's the, the physical component to it. But this is this is the connection, right? This is where the mind and the body, when you do and focus on both of those things, especially at the same time, really good things happen, right? But I'm going to go off on a small tangent because I've been waiting to do this and it's connected to this show. So I get pitched everything, products, people, programs, potions, and because I write books and articles as well, I get pitched just everything when it comes to all these topics that we talk about. And <laughs> uh, I get pitched studies. Well, we'll call them studies. That's um, yeah, confusing as to why they would pitch me these. But they're, they're research-based type um, companies that are looking to get basically traffic back to their website. right? But just to show you <laughs> how flawed in, in such a major way, like this is like glaring, uh, should be. Uh, so... I got pitched the most popular exercise program, yoga. I'm going to read verbatim. Three quick lines from this pitch to me. Yoga is the most popular fitness class across America with 16 states. Well, let me just stop there for a second. That was the headline. So if you stop there, you go, really? Yoga? Guess what, people? It's not. (laughs) It's not. It's not. What were they basing this on? Google searches, Google searches. This is a great example of why we look at the specifics of studies. Some studies are better than others. (laughs) This is not even a study. This is Google search. And I don't want to get too deep into this, but just to expose that so often the headlines you read are flawed. And, and it went on. Yoga is the most popular fitness class across America. Pilates is the second most popular. I can guarantee you 
neither of those are the most popular fitness class. The next line is Zumba is the third most popular. Zumba is way more popular. So if you look at the number of people participating, not searching for the class online, that, that doesn't show the popularity. And yes, if you read deeper in, it told you that that was based on, it, this is based on Google search, but doesn't, the most, first they say, yoga is the most popular fitness class across America. No, it's not. So great example of a flawed headline, just not understanding what correlates <laughs> with what associations, causations, all that kind of stuff that are involved in studies. <sighs> Trust me, yoga is popular. It's getting more popular. Men still not doing it even remotely close to as much as women, but but becoming more popular. Pilates, not even close, especially for men. Becoming more popular, yes. Zumba, far and away. More people doing Zumba. Uh, but anyway, it also talks about yoga. And yoga is obviously connected to this topic. Meditate versus Medicaid, right? And let me say, I have to, medication is important. Both psychologically and physiologically, okay? I am by no means saying you shouldn't take medication for either, you know, psychological or physiological issues. Like, incredible, incredible benefit to so many people. But I will say that exercise and eating healthy and learning how to control our thoughts can work wonders with your health. To the point that many people, yes, can get off medications or do both, which is where I'm going to go to as well. Utilize medication and movement and exercise and um, meditation to your benefit. Always want to use all the tools. I'm not one of those iconoclast people. This is the only way. It's stupid. Why would you not utilize everything possible to be as healthy as possible? And so, yes, uh, listen, I'm not a big yoga person. I struggle. I should do it much more for both. Well, for me, it's more for the, the stretching and just body awareness. Obviously, I'm doing so much more, too. So time is a factor. It's not, not an excuse. You know, we need to strength train, cardio, stretching, balance, all of those components of fitness. And especially as we get older, yoga is phenomenal. For both reasons, physiologically and psychologically. And so totally connected to this topic and this study on meditation, right? And let me just say with medications, like if you watch TV, it seems like every other commercial. It's not only a, a medication, but a new one for every issue out there. Again, medicine, advances in medicine, amazing. But we can't solve all our problems with pills, people. And quite often, the pills are not dealing with the cause, the etiology of our issues, right? And oftentimes, we can use that medication. Again, I'm being very broad here for a, a reason. But we can use those medications to get us started, to help deal with issues. And again, hopefully, for many of these issues, the long-term goal is not to be on medication forever. But I... Uh, like almost started writing down 
like a list of medications that I see on TV because it's dozens and dozens. And it seems again, like a new one daily. And yes, we are treating the symptoms and we're not doing the prehab versus rehab. And so that's what's so great about yet another study I'm going to bring to you on meditation. And according to this, it's a first of its kind study that found that, I'm going to give, just cut to the chase here, mindfulness-based stress reduction. Okay, this is a specific type of meditation, uh, which they use the acronym MBSR, mindfulness-based stress reduction, is as effective as the antidepressant, um, as, uh, let me give you the, I want to pronounce this correctly, hold on. <laughs> uh, I'll get to it in a second. I'll give you the specific name in a second. Um, Lexapro is the um, brand name, um, but I'm going to give you the generic in a second. It doesn't matter. An antidepressant is the gist of it, okay? Um, and this study just came out. Great study. JAMA Psychiatry, November 9th, uh, 2022. The title, Mindfulness-Based Stress Reduction. Um Versus, this. Uh, let's call it Lexapro for now. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna start. All right, uh, for, uh, let me, I'll do it again. Mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, for the tr versus this this drug for the treatment of adults with anxiety disorders. A randomized clinical trial. Okay, so right there, when you know studies, and I'm trying to, you know, give you just the basics of studies, randomized clinical trial, that's really good. That's really good. Okay, I found my um, phonetical pronunciation. So the drug is, uh, let me get this right, escitalopram, escitalopram, escitalopram. There we go. Okay, I'm trying to always give you the specifics. Okay, so mindfulness-based stress reduction versus escitalopram for the treatment of adults with anxiety disorders, a randomized clinical trial. All right, so they're looking at exactly what it sounds like. Um, how good is this basic mindfulness, this meditative type of practice uh, in dealing with anxiety? Okay, and let's just real quickly talk about what anxiety is, all right? Um, anxiety is a natural emotion, right? Triggered by fear or worries about perceived danger right? Their thoughts. It's natural as, as the this uh, definition says, um, but it can be really bad, right? It can be crippling. It can be severe. It can interfere with your daily life. And that's where it's a problem. And it can be an anxiety disorder, all right? And the f uh, data right now is that around 300 plus million people um, are impacted by anxiety disorders. Uh, this was back in uh, 2019. Um, stress and anxiety, often used interchangeably, right? Um, here's a couple definitions though. Anxiety is a person's specific re reaction to stress, and that's internal. They talk about um, stress being more external. Stress is the body's reaction to a threat. You know, anxiety can be the body's reaction to the stress. Both are bad. <laughs> we want to avoid both, right? Both make life harder, all right? And so mindfulness meditation is trying to deal with that, deal with the thoughts, the mind, and change it to the present moment. And I'm going to come back to that.
okay? And this is where we tie the, the exercise in, okay? But this is also why exercise is not just about the physical. It's not just about weight loss. It's all connected. And that's why I'm going to bring it up again, that Peloton backlash. Oh my gosh, how could the husband buy? This was the commercial and all the backlash that came from a holiday commercial where husband bought a, P a Peloton for his wife and the wife was skinny according to people and so she didn't need to exercise. Well, guess what? 300 million people plus around the world deal with anxiety. Exercise, and uh, you know, is incredible at dealing with that. It's not just about weight loss. And then I'm going to make the connection to the mindfulness and exercise, basically moving meditation. Absolutely phenomenally incredible at dealing with stress and anxiety. And I say it really frequently now because I'm getting older. <laughs> I exercise for my sanity now more than my vanity. Still get the vanity side, but the primary reason is to feel good. And exercise and the mindfulness that has come from that with endurance events especially has made my life so good, so much better. In the moment, from feeling good from the exercise, and then, as I will finish up by talking about again, wish the show was much longer, but that ability to be in the moment and control my thoughts. Self-talk, all of that kind of stuff. All right, let me get into the specifics of this study. I will <laughs> go on and on if I don't. Uh, Georgetown University Medical Center, they recruited 276 participants. This study ran from June 2018 through February 2020. All right, randomized clinical trial. Again, two groups, randomly assigned, really good. Clinical trial, really good. Uh, the ages ranged from 18 to 75 years old, okay? Average age was 33, so closer to 18 than 75. Uh, but, you know, good range of ages, decent size, 276 participants. Uh, and prior to the start of the study, all of these people were diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And they had four um, that they basically uh, put all of these people into one of these groups, either generalized anxiety disorder, GAD, social anxiety disorder, SASD, panic disorder, or agoraphobia. All right? It's a pretty straightforward study, people. They divided them into two groups, right? Random two groups. One group took the drug. Uh, let me say it again. Escitalopram. <laughs> I see I'm screwed it up. Escitalopram. Escitalopram. You know, if it's really hard to say, it's like ingredients in. Um, no. Anyway. Uh, and the other group participated in the MBSR program, right? So really straightforward. One took the drug, one did the um, meditation. And the meditation group. They did it for eight weeks. Okay, now this is this is interesting. <laughs> like many of us are not going to do this, but again, we can extrapolate out from this. You don't have to do exactly um, what these people did, right? But that's the study. So the MBSR groups offered weekly for eight weeks, 
And this was uh, via two and a half hour in-person classes. That's a long time. All right. So a weekly two and a half hour in-person class, a day long retreat weekend class during the fifth or sixth week and 45 minute daily home practice exercises. All right. So decent amount of time, 45 minute daily home practice. They're going to give them what to do. Um, and the two and a half hour once a week in person. So that's basically where they're going to show them and, and take them through it. Uh, and then that day long retreat weekend. When the eight week trial ended, 102 participants completed the MBSR program and 106 took the medication as directed. So uh, split down the middle pretty much. Um, and here's a takeaway. After the research was done, after eight weeks of taking the drug or doing the meditation, the research team found that both groups experienced almost exactly the same results. An approximate uh, approximate 30% reduction in the severity of their symptoms. That's incredible. You know, we read so frequently about how exercise, now meditation, can have equal, if not better results for many of the medications out there. I'm going to say it again, though. doesn't mean you go off your medications right away or that we shouldn't take medications. But that the power of the mind, the power of movement is really, really incredible. And let me just throw out there, what if you did both? As I said at the beginning, you know, and I know many people like this. And listen, I have been through a lot and, you know, an experiment of one. And I, I'm living proof that it works. <laughs> Let me leave it at that, you know. And so many clients over the years, you know, have used medication and then exercise and meditation to better their symptoms to deal with issues. And yes, many of them have gone off the medication over time. And this is not just, again, for the psychological issues, but the physiological issues. And here are the studies. I'm going to continually bring you these. And I was thinking as I put this show together, you know, when I first started the show years ago, I used to give you like four or five much longer shows. And I would do multiple studies because I wanted to give you more. I always want to give you more. Then I realized, just break it up. Let's shorten the show and bring you each study one after the other. Occasionally, I'll put two or three in one show, but I want the aggregate. I want I want to just build up that evidence for you. I want you to hear these messages over and over and over again, you know, in different ways, in different studies, until we really embrace it. Because it's easy to dismiss one or two or a show. You go, okay, yeah, figure out, you know, how you want to reframe that, minimize it. We're going to hear it over and over again. And that's pretty incredible. Again, listen to those disorders. Generalized anxiety disorder, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, and agoraphobia. And let me read you some quotes. Uh, one quote from one of the researchers. Love this. Because you go, why? What, what, what caused it? What, what got that, those results? We think that MBSR might have helped with anxiety because anxiety disorders are often characterized by problematic habitual thought patterns. 
such as worry. And mindfulness meditation helps people experience their thoughts in a different way. Oh, I love these topics. This topic specifically. Psychology, connected to exercise, control. Let me read the line again. Problematic habitual thought patterns such as worry, such as worry and mindfulness meditation helps people experience their thoughts in a different way. He went on to say, in other words, mindfulness practice helps people see thoughts just as thoughts and not become over-identified with them or overwhelmed by them. And not a researcher, but a PhD um, psychologist weighed in on these uh, findings. And she said, I use diaphragmatic breathing, breathing, <laughs> diaphragmatic, I need more coffee. <sighs> diaphragm, let me, let me pronounce this right. Diaphragmatic, diaphragmatic, there we go. <laughs> diaphragmatic breathing, body scanning, and grounding uh, via the five senses. They can definitely be as effective as medication when done correctly because they impact the part of your nervous system responsible for the fight or flight response. So there she's going to the physiological, right? So the psychological is we're going to stop these thoughts. The physiological is we're going to actually affect directly the nervous system, the fight or flight right? And the breathing, I've done shows on that, right? Body scanning, that's where you do body check. I do this during races. We'll talk much more about that going forward. And grounding via the five senses. Just this is, it's the psychology. It's controlling your thoughts, being aware of your body and how your thoughts affect your body. And let me just fast forward here now, bringing it all together. It's always tough to do in 30 minutes, but 30 minutes is plenty, and it's what you guys want. I end every show by saying we control how much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our attitudes. This is going to attitude and movement, okay? When we exercise, I call it moving meditation, right? Obviously, depends on the exercise, but... <laughs> It's not just cardio, it's also strength, but let's just talk cardio for now. Let me bring back that line that I said I would at the beginning. Mindfulness meditation strives to focus the mind on the present moment, allowing it to notice sensations and feelings without evaluating them. Here's what I've learned from so much of the exercise, the events I've done around the world, the events I've done myself, like just running across the Grand Canyon and back, endurance events especially, you learn to be in the moment. You learn to control your thoughts. I would argue there's a reason why 20-year-olds don't win the Ironman, male or female, and it's 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds sometimes, depending on the race, because of this very concept, that it's about controlling your thoughts being in the moment and over time when you here we go here's a callback do hard things <laughs> like that great interview i did with steve magnus and the one of the best books i've read ever do hard things or the comfort crisis with michael easter and my brother asked me why would you do hard things this is one of the reasons There's many reasons 
but you learn how to control those thoughts and you learn how to be in the moment. Anxiety is worry about something that might happen. Stress, stress is a choice. It stresses people out to tell them that stress is a choice, many people, because that puts it on them. The situation is not stressful. It's your interpretation of the situation. And do you have the coping mechanisms available to deal with it? And the more you push yourself, not ridiculous. You don't have to run across the Grand Canyon back. I, I, unless you really want to, yeah, that nearly killed me. But it didn't. And yes, it made me stronger. Stronger psychologically, much more than physically. And so this is why I was so excited to bring you this study. And it's not directly about exercise. It is, though, if you do yoga and different disciplines like that. And yes, you can do, you know, this mindfulness meditation stuff. I don't want to go like deep into what it is specifically. It's meditation. There's so many different forms. And I'll talk much more about it in future shows as well and different ways you can do it. But just being aware of your breathing and doing square breathing. I think I did a fit tip on that a couple years ago where you inhale on a four count, hold for a four count, exhale on a four count. And there's so many different ways to do this. That's one. Infinite. Like, incredible at relaxing you. And I do stuff like that before the start of a, a marathon or an Ironman to relax myself or before going on TV or doing an interview, something like that. And then when you add the physicality in with something like yoga or swimming or biking, or whatever your cardio is, strength as well. It is so powerful. And it is all connected. The only thing that we're not talking about here is the food side. <laughs> but, you know, this will affect the food choices. In other words, when you feel better about yourself, when you're not anxious, stressed, what do we do as a coping mechanism we eat we drink and so when you realize that when that stress that anxious those anxious thoughts come into your head first thing I do if I can and I often can because it can be small I move I control my body to help control my mind and this is why exercise is so much more than that stupid scale. Yes, it matters. I just stood in the middle of the gym before coming here, by the way. I was that guy with a friend. We talked for like 30 minutes. I did like 15 minutes of exercise, saw a guy I haven't seen in a while. We talked for like 30. It was probably at least 30. And then I left because I had to record this show. <laughs> but I was that guy. And people were like, he did nothing. But you get my point. Let me give you that study one more time, all right? Again, recent, super recent, totally, um, you know, connected to everything we talk about here, controlling what we can physically, mentally. November 9th, 2022, JAMA Psychiatry, mindfulness-based stress reduction versus, <laughs> I'm going to say Lexapro, for the treatment of adults with anxiety disorder, a randomized clinical trial. Again, I dealt with this. I don't want to get 
deep into my personal stuff, suffice it to say, exercise, strength training, cardio, controlling what I eat, doing hard things. This is how we live our best lives. And it's not doing things saying one final time in the show. <laughs> it's not about deprivation. It's not about doing hard things that you don't like. It's about doing hard things that you do like. It's about eating healthy things that you enjoy. It's when you're told that there's only one way you can all, you have to deprive yourself to all of these things that have an end date. There's no end date to anything I give you. And so let's think about meditation a little more. Let's use exercise. Listen, because I have limited time, I'm getting my meditative exercise <laughs> in my exercise. All right, enough. Again, Tom H. Fit Instagram. Tom H. Fit is Twitter. Love to hear from you. Actually getting ready to do a listener mailbag question. You've uh, sent me some great questions, so I'll answer that soon. It's about the studies. It's about bringing you the best information out there, taking it all in, connecting the dots, figuring out what we can do in our lives. And there are limitations to the study, let me say really quickly. Of course there are. Predominantly females, higher education, uh, and they didn't test for other medications. But we can kind of extrapolate that out too. All right. Uh, uh, Teamholland.com. You can email me through the site. Um, let me just hold on. Email me through the site. I'm not going to cut that out. Uh, and remember, there are three things we all control. How much we move, what we put into our mouths, and our state of mind. And that is awesome. I am Tom Holland. Believe in yourself.